How can subtle brain abnormalities result in evil behavior? Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, Director of Foothill Psychiatry in Boise, your host, and with me today is Dr. Barbara Oakley. Dr. Oakley has been dubbed a female Indiana Jones because her writing combines worldwide adventure with solid research expertise. Among other adventures, she has worked as a Russian translator on Soviet trawlers in the Bering Sea, served as a radio operator at the South Pole Station in Antarctica, and risen from private to regular Army captain in the U.S. Army. Currently an associate professor of engineering at Oakland University in Michigan, Dr. Oakley is a recent vice president of the world's largest bioengineering society. Welcome to ReachMD. I'm just delighted to be here. Now, in your book, Evil Genes, you make the case that your sister had problems with her attentional network, and that might have led to some of her malevolent behavior. What's the story there? My sister, I have to give just a little background. She was always problematic and created a great deal of trouble for my family. And when she left at about age 22, ran away from home and was gone for 10 years, And, of course, my parents, who had tried everything to help her, were devastated. And they looked for her, but she did not want to be found. Then suddenly, about 10 years later, she reappeared miraculously. She called my father and said she was deeply remorseful about what she had done, and she wanted to rejoin the family. Of course, everyone was thrilled, and so was my father. And he immediately sent her the money to get a plane ticket to rejoin the family. And, of course, she spent the money on something else. So he sent her some more money, and she did the same thing. So finally, my father got wise to her behavior and sent her a plane ticket. So she actually came. And she came up to me, and she hugged me, I still remember, and she was so happy to be with the family finally. And you can't help but there's this little secret desire that maybe she really means it, that she does want to rejoin the family. Well, we talked for a little bit, and then she excused herself to go down to the store and buy some things, and she ran into a man, just met a man at the store, moved in with him, and I didn't see her again for another five years. And you wonder, how could anybody do anything like this? But the fact of the matter is, when I went and looked very carefully, she had had polio as a child. She wasn't in iron lung for quite some time. She always had a limp as an adult, but... What that did, when you have polio, the virus always gets in, always, and destroys the reticular activating system. That's part of your attentional system. So what that meant was she couldn't, I think, pay attention in quite the same way as other people could. For many polio victims, that's just not a problem because it's not as bad, the initial damage, or else they have a neural system that somehow accommodates this more effectively, this type of damage. But with my sister, I think what happened was that damage was so severe that she showed some of the similar aspects of psychopaths, nonviolent psychopaths. And indeed, there's a, a fair bit of research that shows that attentional systems problems are affiliated with psychopathic-like behavior. So I think that was sort of at the root of why would she ditch us and go off with some guy she just met? We weren't standing right in front of her. Mm. So I think that is part of what led to her malevolent seeming behavior. 
It sounds like you're saying, though, that she was unable to change her behavior, that she's sort of doomed to repeat the same thing over and over again. Is that true? Well, here's the trick. Our minds are capable of enormous changes by concentrated effort. I mean, if you look at George Washington or Mahatma Gandhi, these were people who were really passionate, had quite violent tempers by nature, but they had concentrated and purposefully made changes in how they behaved. So the trick is, if you have the attentional mechanism to concentrate and to see you have a problem that needs to be concentrated on, you can make enormous changes. But with individuals who have some of these personality disorders, at the very heart of the disorder is a sort of cognitive blindness. They can't see that there's anything wrong with them. So because of that, they can't make changes. They don't think they have to make changes. So there's no motivation for that. Now, thinking about things that have happened in the last few years in this country, the massive theft that you mention in your book at Enron, for example, or the seemingly everyday story about corrupt politicians or the church leaders who turn out to be pedophiles, there seems to be a lot of just bad people out there. How do we know if we have one in our practice, in our lives, or, you know, in this year, maybe more relevantly, if we might even be voting for one? Well, that's a good question. I think that it's often very, very tough to tell. With some of these, what I call successfully sinister people, the way they interact with you is such that you think that they are truly the most wonderful and nicest and charming people in the world. But these individuals can show a chameleon-like character and even a situational competence. They can be one type of person in front of you but quite different in front of others. So it often matters much more not how this person might act around you or a colleague or a superior. It's how they act to, you might call them, the little people, the people they think don't matter. For example, a secretary or a janitor. If they mistreat people like those people who are very important members of the society, you know you're getting an inside look. Another thing is just listening to gossip. I hate to say that because sometimes malevolent sorts can initiate very troubled gossip to hurt other people. But if you close yourself off completely from gossip, what that means is you have no touchstone as to how people you interact with act with others. So I think gossip is actually an important way for you to tell whether a person has these kind of characteristics. It may be something certainly that we hear in the doctor's lounge that there's a buzz about somebody and and you need to pay attention to that. That's for sure. And the other thing is just that if you belong to a political party of one sort or another, you need to recognize that the other political party, the one that you demonize, is also got just as many Machiavellian as your own party does because... Well, you know, you do whatever you can to rise to the top, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or anything else. There are malevolent people out there. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Barbara Oakley. We are discussing Dr. Oakley's book, Evil Genes, Why Rome Fell, Hitler Rose, Enron Failed, and My Sister Stole My Mother's Boyfriend. 
Dr. Oakley, in your book, you describe how some of the characteristics of malevolent leaders like Hitler, Stalin, Chairman Mao, that they show some characteristics that are similar to borderline personality disorder. It's a little scary to me as a psychiatrist since I have a lot of patients who have borderline personality disorder. Doesn't it seem a little unfair to those that are borderline? Well, I guess it could be taken that way, but on the other hand, I noticed one Amazon.com review who, it was a person who said that they had many of the characteristics that were of this sort of evil type of personality, and they were really grateful for the book because they felt that it helped them understand themselves in a very empathetic way. I think the main point is that those with borderline personality disorder, they often don't intend to really hurt people. It's just that they don't have the emotional toolkit they need to keep themselves on balance and to act appropriately with others. Many times they're deeply remorseful of their manipulative and many of the other characteristics that they display. But if you combine some of the aspects of borderline personality disorder with some of the traits of psychopathy, where there is no remorse for that type of behavior, then you're talking about a just a tinderbox of personality traits that can be very problematic for everyone. I was surprised to see Warren Buffett turn up in your book. Tell us how that is. Oh, Warren Buffett, I have to say, is truly a good person. <laughs> he even, when I wrote him and asked him to look at some of the materials I'd written about him, because I didn't want a book just all about bad people, I wanted to talk about highly successful people who could also be good. Yet I said some things that it turns out are in biographies but are not correct. So he was very kind in helping me out and giving me some of his perspectives about how indeed there are problematic people in business. And one of the important features that he uses to select the businesses that he invests in is he looks at the personalities of those on the top and that features as prominently as the numbers that he examines for the business in deciding whether he's going to invest in that business. Warren Buffett, a psychologist, huh? He's pretty brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. You're very welcome, Dr. Lund. It was a pleasure. We've been discussing the book Evil Genes, Why Rome Fell, Hitler Rose, Enron Failed, and My Sister Stole My Mother's Boyfriend, with the author, Dr. Barbara Oakley. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the ReachMD Book Club on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening.